Welcome to Christian Historical Fiction Talk. I'm your host, author Liz Tolsma. So glad to have you with us today. If you are new here, welcome. I hope that you find a lot here to entertain and to interest you. I hope that you meet lots of wonderful Christian historical fiction authors, maybe some who are even new to you. If you wouldn't mind taking a minute and subscribing to Christian Historical Fiction Talk on your favorite podcasting platform, that way you will always know when new episodes release. Also, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, X, and Pinterest. We're in all of those places. That's another great way to find out who's coming up, when their episodes release, and we also sometimes have discussions over there. And you can even have your input on guests that we have on or topics that we talk about. So be sure to head over there as well. If you are returning Thank you so much for being a loyal supporter of Christian Historical Fiction Talk. I truly do appreciate it. And if you wouldn't mind taking a minute, if you haven't done so already, heading over to my website, liztolsma.com, and checking out my Patreon. It's a great way that you can help this podcast to continue producing episodes, having great authors on, and staying on the air. I truly do appreciate each and every one of you. Well, that brings us to today's guest. I am so pleased to welcome Hannah Linder back to the show. She was here for the release of her very first book, and now she has another one out. This one is called Garden of the Midnights, and so I am really looking forward to sitting down and to chatting with her about this new book. She's a terrific author just bursting onto the scene. I'm so excited for her and I'm so pleased that she agreed to come and talk to us today. So without further ado, help me welcome Hannah Linder to the show here to talk about her book, Garden of the Midnights. Welcome to the show, Hannah. It is so good to have you with us today. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Of course, it's great to have you back for a second time. We missed a book in between there. I think you were here for the first one, and then you had another novel published and some poetry published, and now you're back with your third novel called Garden of the Midnights, which is just intriguing. It sounds so wonderful to me. But before we get to that, can you just reintroduce yourself to the listeners? (laughs) Sure. So I'm Hannah Linder. I write Regency romantic suspense novels. Usually when I say Regency, I always clarify by saying that's the Jane Austen time period because (laughs) sometimes (laughs) when I say Regency, I get a lot of blank stares. (laughs) So I write Regency romantic suspense published with Barber. And then I also, during my day job, I'm a book cover designer. So I work with publishing houses and individual authors So it's kind of fun. I get to experience two sides of the publishing industry, which is really nice. That does sound like a lot of fun to be able to really be creative in a lot of different ways, both during your day job and in your writing. So like I said, your new book is Garden of the Midnights. Tell us a little bit about this very intriguing sounding book. (laughs) This novel is the one that I always feel like is so hard to summarize because I don't want to give anything away. But basically, it's about an English gentleman who starts realizing that somebody is trying to murder him. And he doesn't know why. 
And he ends up going to somebody that he really trusts to find answers. And then that person is murdered. So in his quest for answers, he takes off and goes to find the father that he always thought was dead. But anyways, in his quest for answers, he ends up finding out some pretty hard truths about himself and his past, which end up leaving him penniless and pretty much alone. His only comfort at that point in his life is the woman he loves, but he may be in danger of losing her too. That's what I really find intriguing about your books is that it's not just the straight regency that we were used to years ago, but you and other authors are adding in the bit of romantic suspense. And that is what makes it really intriguing to me, a little bit of a thrill and a mystery to solve as you read it. So I appreciate that. And that's kind of how I've seen Regency grow and develop in the last, say, even five years or so. As an author of Regency novels, how have you seen the market change in the past five years or so? I would say that kind of what you said, I mean, I think for a long period of time, almost all Regency books were pretty much mimicking, you know, the Jane Austen style, very like, not a lot of like, hardly any like murder or suspense or anything like that. But I think that some more recent Regency authors, especially like Michelle Greep is one that always comes to my mind, definitely brings in more like the gothic feel to the Regency era instead of just like, I feel like there's always been a lot of gothic Victorian fiction, but not a lot of gothic Regency fiction. So I think it's kind of cool to see those two kind of mesh. I agree. My niece is an aspiring author, and she told me she has an idea for a gothic regency. And I had to think about it for a little bit, what she meant. And then I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. Like you said, Michelle Grieb, kind of think Julie Klassen a little bit, you. So there are some people out there who are writing this subgenre, I guess you would call it. And I've just been so intrigued to watch this develop. And I think that's why I'm starting to really love the genre and the time period. I was reading the back cover copy for the book, which is really what got me hooked right away, which it's supposed to do. (laughs) And the language that you use, the way that you worded it was in keeping with the times. It felt Regency. And yet it was very easy for me to read and understand. It wasn't like I was reading something that Jane Austen might've written. How do you keep the feeling of that time period using the language without making it too hard for your readers to comprehend and and find enjoyable? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. I think that probably reading some of the Jane Austen type books where it is the harder language and then also reading a lot of fiction that's more modern day and then kind of just I don't know, I guess coming up with a happy medium for those two. Is it something that you really have to work hard at or the more you write, is it becoming more and more natural to you? I think I first started writing Regency in about 2018. So I feel like now I'm kind of just in the groove of it and don't really even think about it anymore. Yeah, that does tend to happen that 
as you get comfortable with the writing and whatever time period you're writing in, it just sort of flows and becomes really easy. Mm -hmm. And you can tell in your book, it just doesn't sound like it was forced or anything. It just sort of flows. And so I really enjoy that about you. Oh, thank you. The title, Garden of the Midnights, is so wonderful, so unique. I have a hard time remembering (laughs) titles sometimes, but I don't think I'm going to forget this one. Can you give us a little background where it comes from and without giving anything away, how it plays into the story a little bit? Yes. So it is a little hard to explain without giving it away, but I'll I'll see how it goes. So basically, there's two main characters. Well, the main characters in the book, the dad made a very big life decision in the garden at his manor. And he had to basically choose whether he wanted his inheritance or the woman that he loved. And they would like meet together at midnight every night in the garden and they were madly in love. And then at some point he made his decision there in the garden of midnights and that affected his entire life and affected his children. And so most of the book takes place and all builds up to where the two main characters meet in the garden at midnight, actually the same garden. And they're kind of faced with the same decision. And so that's kind of where the title plays in. Was it one that came naturally to you? Did you just sort of know the title right away or did you have several that you played with? I think it was one of the ones because I originally I originally wrote this book years and years ago and then I came back later a few years ago and rewrote it. But I think that it came to me pretty quickly. Like I don't remember writing down a bunch of titles or doing a lot of brainstorming because it was just such a central theme in the book that it just made sense. Yeah, it's a great title. And like I said, very unforgettable, even for people like me who tend to (laughs) just not be able to keep that in my head. (laughs) I was reading some of the early reviews for Garden of the Midnights and they were just raving about the book and someone said that they got to the end of the book and they had a book hangover a very pleasant book hangover they said but a book hangover have you ever had a book hangover with anything you've read yes there was one book I feel like there should be more than one but only one ever comes to my mind and it was Actually, it was two books. It was a series. But the first book, it ended on like this terrible cliffhanger. And then the next book started years and years later. And like, I just remember after reading those books, I was just in such a mood. And I was like, oh, like I couldn't get it out of my head. I couldn't get the characters out of my head. Like, and I've literally, (laughs) I felt lingering pain for the characters for weeks (laughs) afterwards. It was insane. So that would probably be what my mind always thinks of when I think of a book hangover for me. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And I've had one that sticks out for me too, where I just was sobbing at the end of the book and I had to sit like for half an hour and just try to compose myself because I was a mess. So (laughs) I, I know what you mean by book hangovers, but it's, those are the books that really stick with you for sure. Yes, (laughs) they definitely do. Now, the beginning of the book deals with some 
incorrect assumptions, let's just say. And sometimes that can become very kind of trite. I know years ago, a book that shall never be published, I had a lot of incorrect assumptions in the book and my crit partners really called me out on it. But you deal with it and you deal with it beautifully. How did you keep that trope from really becoming trite? So that was actually that was actually challenging. The first time I wrote the book, I feel like I did not handle it well. And so there was the mis like they didn't know they were brother and sister. But in the f- the first time I wrote the book, I was more having like because she didn't know I was having her having feelings for him. And so that was like I got some reviews back on that the first time I had written it. And people were like, no, this is so uncomfortable. This is so weird. (laughs) And I realized that you have to be super careful with a situation like that. And so that was one of the other reasons that I decided to rewrite the book and just handle that whole situation differently. And I just used it as a way to let them bond super closely, but not at all in a romantic way. Well, good job with that. And that just shows a good writer being able to recognize something like that and remedy it and make it really work. Now, we as authors are always told that some of the best characters are broken or they have these flaws. And as we're developing our characters, we're supposed to have our characters have flaws. Yours definitely do. You're hero especially is broken and flawed. Why do you think readers are drawn to such characters? I think definitely because they're relatable. I guess that it would be annoying to read about people that (laughs) didn't have the same flaws and deal with the same struggles that we do. And it's just encouraging when you read about a character who has these flaws and then you get to the end and they overcome it, then it's inspiring to readers because they're like, you know, I've got this in my life. And it's just encouraging to think about ways that you can overcome the things you struggle with. So did you have to really search for a flaw for your hero or did it come naturally out of writing or out of your character building how how do you work that usually it seems like with whatever plot that the characters are going to be in that whatever they struggle with makes sense with the plot and it kind of just comes sometimes I will go like before I write the book I'll write down the characters and I'll like list the things they struggle with and their flaws ahead of time just so I always have that in the back of my head but usually it kind of like coincides with the story. So among your interests, especially with being a graphic artist and a book cover designer, you say you are a self-portrait historical photographer. What is that? (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of a very different little hobby that I have. Ever since I was little, I loved to just dress up. Like I would go in my little nursery and uh, put on layers of clothes and fluffy dresses and the little princess high heels. But I always loved dressing up to look like I was from a different time period or 
as if I was a different person. And so that was something that I always played as a child. And when I grew up and I got more into writing historical fiction and history and all of that, and I also love antiques. So <laughs> I kind of like meshed all of those passions together and collect historical clothing and then take pictures. I have like a little tripod in my camera. So I would go to different locations here in West Virginia and just take pictures to try to make them look as historically accurate like a girl would look from certain different time periods. That sounds like a really fun hobby to have. And I I love that. I was on your website looking around, reading about your book, reading more about you, and I noticed all these beautiful pictures with these shots in them of sort of the back or the side or whatever of somebody dressed in historical clothing. Is that you? Is is that some of the pictures that you took of yourself? Yes. <laughs> Oh, everybody, you have to go up and check out <laughs> Hannah's website. I always put the link to it in the show notes. So go look at the show notes, find that link, go to her website and just look at the pictures she took. They are stunning. <laughs> I can tell you are just very talented young lady. I can tell <laughs> that very much. And I love those pictures. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Talking about book covers, the cover for this one is also just gorgeous of the meeting in the garden at midnight. You can it tells the story on the front cover, which I love. Is this a cover that you designed yourself? Yes, it is. Good job. Another beautiful cover. I love it. Love <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> is that a picture that you took yourself of the two characters on that front, or was that a stock shot? No, it was actually, it was a photo that the publisher had, had purchased, but I loved their stands. I loved the man and I loved her hair and her dress, but the actual original face of the girl was just not at all how I had imagined my character. So I had a lot of trial and error with <laughs> replacing <laughs> different faces and I'm like, oh, this looks a little wonky. And then I'd try another <laughs> one, but I finally found the perfect profile that that looked like my vision for Isabella. So that was exciting. That's kind of fun being able to do that so that your character matches what's on the book cover. Right. I know. Yeah. I've had to go back and change the color of a character's hair because the book cover was had the character with a different color and they're like, we can't change the color of the hair or something. It was something like that. And I had to go back and change something. So, Oh no. Nice that you have that ability to change your cover to match the story. <laughs> right. Well, I know you're still writing hard at work. So what is up next for you? So up next is another Regency romantic suspense novel called The Girl from the Hidden Forest. It's mm. one of my favorites. I always, <laughs> I, I keep saying that Garden of Midnights is my favorite novel, but this next one is like a super close second. I don't know. I like them both, but very excited for that one to come out. It's a really fast paced book. So uh, we love that. And when is it going to release? You know, I, re I really don't know off the top of my head. <laughs> I'll have to check back on that. Sure, sure. So while well, that leads perfectly into my next question then if 
listeners would like to follow along with you so that they find out when that next one releases, how can they go about connecting with you? I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and then I also have a newsletter. So if they would like to sign up for that, then that would be perfect. All right. And I will have links to your website, as I said, in the show notes, so they can go check that out and sign up for your newsletter and keep in touch with you that way. Well, Hannah, it has been such a pleasure to have you with us today. I always enjoy chatting with you and getting to catch up with you. And I'm so excited to read this next book. Oh, thanks so much. And thanks so much for having me. It's been so fun. Well, Hannah Linder is such a sweet young lady, and I'm so excited for the success that she has found. I love her books, and I know you will too. The Regency mixed with romantic suspense, little gothic, so well done. It's a great new subgenre that I see coming around. And if you haven't checked out Hannah, make sure that you do so and pick up her book, Garden of the Midnights. You can find all the information about Hannah, about the book, and a link to order your own copy at my website, liztolsma.com. It's all in the show notes there. So take a minute, hop over there, look up this podcast. It'll either be on that front page or under the podcast tab, depending on when you get over there. But it All the information will be there. So check that out and get yourself a copy of Garden of the Midnights. I know you won't be disappointed in it. I'm recording this before the book comes out, but all of the pre-release reviews that I have read have been absolutely glowing about this book. So I know it's going to be another fantastic read from Hannah. Next week on the show, I am so thrilled to welcome back Jennifer Lynn Carey. She is a dear friend of mine. She has been a critique partner of mine for a long time, and I've read her stuff. She's read my stuff, and she's been a great help to me in my writing, and she is just fantastic. She writes the best nostalgia fiction is what I would label it as stuff set in the 60s and the 70s, times that some of us who are a little bit older might even remember. And it just makes us long for when life was a little bit simpler. And she does a fabulous job with it. She's got a great sense of humor, uh, amazing love for the Lord, and she's just a very talented, outgoing lady. You're going to love the chat that we had. So I ask you to please come back next week and listen to my interview with Jennifer Lynn Carey. We had a blast, and so I know you're going to enjoy it. Thank you so much for your support of Christian and Historical Fiction Talk, for sharing with your friends and family and anyone who loves this genre. I really do appreciate it. I hope that you have a wonderful week, and we will see you next time.